It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's, as always, really great to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, best-selling author, speaker and consultant, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last week, we featured the 30-year e-commerce veteran and e-commerce Master Plan podcast listener. So if you're out there today, Kate, hello. Uh, and that was Kate Turner of Party Packs. That one's well worth a listen to, uh, because I imagine her team are incredibly busy right now. So it'd be great for them to know you're all out there listening to them. Um, but let me introduce you to today's special guest, who is Tamsin Burford, the founder and director of Winter National, an online-only women's designer skiwear boutique who've been running for 10 years. And over the winter, they now get between 100 and 150 orders per month. Hi, Tamsin. Hi, Chloe. Hi, everyone. I've just given our listeners a really quick overview of you and your business and where you are now. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? I really wanted to have a boutique. I'm very vain and I love ladies' clothes. I'm a lady. Um, And I really wanted to have a boutique. And then I started doing research into what a bricks and mortar shop would cost me. And I just couldn't make it work. Um, Before I even started, I couldn't get the sums to work out. So I decided... Why not do e-commerce only? And because my business is so seasonal, because it's ski wear, so we're predominantly selling through the winter, it didn't really make sense also to have a store, you know, a high street store or or a shop um, through the summer months. So e-commerce was the way to go for us. So did the... Did the decision to go online only, had you already decided it was going to be ski wear or was did the cost of a boutique just put you off from doing any form of fashion? Initially, it was the fact that um, the bricks and mortar would, would have put me off at what I was wanting, the price point I was wanting to sell at. Um, I had worked in a friend's boutique as well, and that helped me to understand some of the challenges that were in the marketplace selling ladies' designer clothing. Hence, I managed to just do more and more research And then I had the light bulb moment of whenever I go skiing, I see these amazing clothes in Europe, in the ski resorts, and I can never find them in the UK. And that was my light bulb moment of doing a boutique, doing ski wear, oh, and doing it online because it's seasonal and I don't need an actual shop to do it. Yes, the online side of it really keeps those overheads down, doesn't it? It really does. It, yes, it does. And I, I suppose sometimes I wonder how bricks and mortar businesses make it work because their costs are so huge. If you think of business rates and the rents and having to have staff there all the time. I'm not saying that we don't have people available all the time because we do, but it is how you manage that and having someone keeping the shop tidy and, and, and. And that's what makes e-commerce so much more um, suitable for my business. And I suppose as well, you are, it is quite niche, isn't it? So where you'd put that boutique in the country as a physical store would be quite tricky to get the volume exactly. of customers you need. 
And obviously, we know where our customers are coming from geographically because we can get that data from um, Google Analytics. But um, we do get requests like, where are you? But we could never be in the right place. No. Our customers. So, and, and because we actually do sell globally as well, we really could not be in the right place. So um, that brings us on to kind of just defining what the business is like right at the moment. So, so you're selling to the whole world or you, you cherry picking different countries? No, we, would, we sell at wherever we can sell to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, there are certain areas that make it more difficult. Um, for example, shipping into Russia has become much more difficult in the last few years, so we tend not to do that. Um, but generally we sell to an awful lot of places and we will try very, very hard. If we don't currently ship to a country, we try and make sure we can. Excellent. And uh, how many of, what kind of level of your business is overseas then? Is 20% is overseas. Wow. So we, it would be a shame not to have it. Yes, it's it's a worth having that 20%, isn't it? <laughs> even, though, even though that 20% is much more difficult to manage in terms of customs and import duty and timescales, uh, sizing is even an issue. Um, there are lots of challenges selling internationally. On the other hand, it's we get the same feedback as we get in the UK. People are so pleased to have found us and to have found people that are really knowledgeable about their products. Which brings us on quite nicely to the product because you're you're not selling um, M&S ski wear, are you? It's sorry, Marks and Spencers for our international um, customers. You're you're really at the high end of of women's ski wear, aren't you? Um, we're at the medium to high end oh, of okay. ski wear. It does go a lot higher. Um, I would say that there's not so much of a market for that in the UK, the very, very top end of the sort of couple of thousand pounds upwards. But we sell from 500 pounds ski jackets up to just over a thousand pounds currently. Um, they are all designer made. So they are made for us by the designers to order. So it's difficult to sometimes replenish during the ski season they don't often make overruns, our, our designers. Um, so it's limited. So we have to be very cunning with our buying. But the the products are beautiful. They're so luxurious. They look beautiful. They feel beautiful. But very importantly, they perform because they're having to perform in cold, damp, windy or sunny conditions. And they have to perform in all of those. And there's no point paying a fortune and then having a garment that you're hot and sweaty in or that you're cold in. Yes, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's not just about the fact it's the latest ski fashion. It's got, if you're paying that money, you definitely want it to be, you know, a properly performing piece of clothing too. It's It's got to be performance and um, uh, enjoyably, um, myself and some of the team do always test them. <laughs> <laughs> what a drag. <laughs> um, but also that helps for us being able to talk to customers about the fit and the feel and the function as well as the performance. Um, that's crucial, I think, and in terms of the size and the fit, because as we know, every manufacturer makes clothes slightly differently. And even in a collection, you'll have clothes that fit slightly differently. And so it's very important that we do try things on and get in that skiing stance and, and see how they perform. Even just here, when items arrive here, not necessarily on the slopes, but everything we have is is tried on so that we know um what it feels like on the body 
And I'm going to come back. I think we'll probably come back to product again later. But in the meantime, I just want to t- cover off a couple of other things. What's the platform that you're selling on? Are you on Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento? Or have you got something bespoke? We're on Shopify. And how long have you been on Shopify for? We have been on Shopify for 18 months oh. via Magento before that and then via ePages before that. But I'm very, very happy with Shopify. Excellent. That's what what I like to hear because I'm a big Shopify fan. So um, if anyone listening wants a very special deal on Shopify, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify. And given you're on Shopify, I I would imagine you've got some widgets and plugins on the go. So any particular ones you want to mention? We do have a few. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the fact that they, they work well with other things. Now, I'm trying not to buy too many. <laughs> that is the danger. It's, it's like, oh, I can do that. It does. Um, I think the best one that we have is called Power Tools Suite, which is run by some Australian people, um, which can sometimes be challenging when we need to speak with them for support purposes because we're asleep when they're awake mm-hmm. and vice versa. But the products have been, they're very helpful in terms of filtering. And when you've got items that are made from leather, with fur, without fur, with down, without down, stretch, etc., longer length, we do need to have a really good filtration system, like many fashion houses. Filtration is key to enable our lovely customers to search more easily. Cool. So that was Power Tool Suite. Yes. Excellent. Okay. And um, you mentioned the team already, but and I'm guessing the team size fluctuates a bit during the year because you're so winter focused. But how many of you are there? There are four of us. And then we outsource other functions, for example, like web, web design and uh, analytics for Google and SEO, etc. Some of the digital is outsourced. And also our accounting functions are outsourced. So that means that the people that are here are the people that are the the skiing fanatics (laughs) and the fashion fanatics. So is it the kind of the buying, merchandising and customer service bit that you're holding in-house? Yes, that's exactly it. Which, given all you've told us about the products already, is pretty essential, isn't it? It's, it is that, it's pro- I'm guessing this is probably one of the most difficult products, uh, fashion products to be selling because there's so much detail to it. There's a lot of detail to it and people do phone up with very particular questions and they should be particular because if they're spending 500 to 1,000 pounds on a ski jacket, they're gonna, they may have some questions. So it's good to have people here who know what they're talking about. That's, that's very important. But equally so, it is important for us to be able to make notes on things that we haven't got. For example, have we run out too early of a certain jacket? And if we can't get it again this ski season, then we need to have a learning in that for next season. Not that the same jackets are necessarily always made, but ski fashions move more slowly than high street fashions or even designer fashions. Of course, if you're spending that much money on a ski jacket, you're not necessarily going to buy another new one every year. We do have customers that buy every single year and we love them to bits. (laughs) But we have other customers that might buy every four, every seven. You know, your ski wear isn't necessarily going out of fashion so quickly. And at that price point, it should perform and it should stay current. So I guess you, you've got some customers who you'll have run out of a jacket this season and they'll wait for it in the new colour next season before they invest. A similar style. We have to do our buying very early, in fact. We are, we are buying 
in the busiest time of the ski season. So we're already, you know, we're buying in January for the next winter. So to a certain extent, we're going with incomplete data, but we're also going with really current requests and current trends. Um, so we try and just stay ahead, but equally making sure that we still give people the classics that they know and love. So do your supplier base, I guess there's there's a limited number of businesses you can buy from simply because there aren't that many people doing designer ski wear? You're right. And there are there are more than we stock, of course, but people buy in, you know, there are many designs or styles that we think, oh, that doesn't fit with our collection. Mm-hmm. So we don't buy them. Um, but they are, you know, very big. And we know that there are some great geographical differences in, in what people want to purchase. For example, in, in, in Asia, people are much more likely to buy a patterned garment, ski jacket, whereas in the UK, at our price point, typically not. Um, equally, for example, in Russia, people will want more diamante or bling on their garments, which we don't have so much of in the UK, but our, some of our European customers may purchase. And certainly some of our UK customers would love that. And we do get customers saying, oh, I love the jacket because it's got some diamante on it. And that's what they want. So we always make sure we've got our collection that features a little bit of something for everyone, but using our knowledge in terms of what we need to buy. It's the critical thing for any boutique, isn't it, is the edit. And it must be that bit more difficult because if you're, you know, a general fashion boutique, you've got kind of four seasons, two big seasons, but four seasons that you're buying. So if you go slightly off with one buy and you slightly miss the edit of what your customer base are expecting, you can fix it within a few months for the next buy to some extent. I know there's still long lead times, but for you guys, I guess it's, it's, every season's got to be right because it only comes around once a year. It does. And you're right, it is a challenge. But that comes back to what I mentioned before, your ski wear isn't going out of fashion so quickly. And so, yes, we have made mistakes. I will say hand on heart, we have made mistakes. But it's bizarre that a mistake from one season is the one that sells out at the beginning of the next. (laughs) Go figure. I don't understand it, but it's happened to us twice. Really? So you just just hold the stock over the summer? Yes, and then... and it's not going anywhere. It's not devalued. It's beautiful quality stock. And um, I'm quite firm on holding the price. We may reduce it a tiny bit, but we're selling a luxury item that you can't get hold of everywhere. It's valuable. And if I cut the price, I'm just devaluing the brand. So are you very much a no discounts business in total? Or do you ever run a sale? We run a slight reduction of sale for reduction of price in the sales season, like at the end of March. But there's no guarantees. And if we haven't got much stock to sell, then we don't do it. Wow. There's a load of people listening going, oh, my God, that's amazing. How how do they manage that? It's really tough. It's not. I'm just trying to watch our bottom line. And I don't want to give the stuff away. And it's not going out of fashion so quickly. That's the difference between us and a a different boutique that's on the high street. But I I think it's I don't think it's it's tough of you to do it that way. I think that's the way that every business should try to default towards. You know, well, you should only discount <laughs> and run promotions if there's a good reason for it, which is if you need the cash from the stock back in the business or because you know that a sale or a promotion is a great way of recruiting a customer who will have a lifetime value for you. And in in the niche area of um 
of ski wear, designer ski wear, I can see that it wouldn't be necessary to have to go to those lengths and give away that margin to buy that customer. Yeah, I, I think you're, a, you're right. I think customer loyalty does come at a price to the retailer. If someone is repeatedly putting their faith in us to keep buying the products from us, then to our very best customers, I would happily give a discount because they could go elsewhere. Of course they could, especially in this day where you can buy from all over the world. Um, for people to keep coming back to us, I think is, a, is they're almost like a friend, except they're not. We are doing a business um, transaction. So, of course, there'll be a reward. We don't have a loyalty plan. People aren't buying that frequently. <laughs> I wish. But I think loyal customers should be rewarded because... Um, I've never been one of those fans of the insurance companies, for example, that give great discounts to the new customers and the ones that are paying year in, year out don't get the same discount. I'm always mindful of that. I, I know exactly what you mean. I've recently put um, a free consultation up on my website and uh, I was looking at various other people who do this and one of them had had written up there, free blah, blah, blah consultation. Then in big capital letters underneath it, new customers only and I was like what you get that much you get that many requests that you've got to tell your existing customers to go away if they want an yeah, extra chat with you I agree with you Chloe yes um, crazy are, yes and to a certain extent I've heard it's easier to convert someone that you've already sold to well yeah exactly and, you know and I'm thinking well if I put that up there someone who's bought a book might think they're not entitled to a free consultation yeah. it's like yes you you really are yeah um, you really <laughs> You know, we want those people back and we want the word of mouth. Definitely. Well, we're, I can see we're very much of a similar mindset here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Tabsy, what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business at the moment? Well, at the moment, it's we're about to launch our new collection for the forthcoming winter. And we're so excited because we've got some amazing colours ahead of us. We've got the, the stalwart blacks and whites, which are wonderful and classic and carry on forever. But very excitingly, we've got a couple of gold jackets and a couple of silver. Mm. And they are just going to look gorgeous against the white snow. So we're very excited to have those coming on board to this winter's collection. Oh, cool. I, I'm really pleased you said the most awesome thing is the product, because if nothing else has come through from what you're saying today for the people listening, it's that you absolutely love your product and the product sits at the heart of the business. So I'm really pleased for you that the best thing at the moment is the product. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> that clearly means it's it's all going, going really well. Um, now, I had a couple of things I wanted to ask you about before we get round to the top tips round, which is... Um, First off, I noticed you're playing, you've got a little bit going on with a Facebook shop at the moment. Yes. Um, I don't, we haven't had many people on yet who've, who've started with Facebook shop. Do you have any initial thoughts on it? Is it working for you? Is it a bit of an experiment? It's an experiment. It started last season and it was just because it was easy to do via Shopify. Awesome Shopify. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I don't believe we've had a sale from it, but I'm not disheartened because it's a great funnel. And that's what um, social media is all about. It's about directing people to your store um, and then have a browse around. They might not buy this year. They might not buy next year, but they might buy another year or they might tell a friend who might buy something. So, yeah, at the moment, I'm not getting great data from it, but it's it's giving us some traffic, which is lovely. So do you do a lot? Is, is social media one of your 
big marketing areas? It's a growing marketing area. To be honest, it's not because I'm always mindful of bombarding people and boring people. Um, but equally, it, you've got to get your message out there. So in terms of social media, we do some Instagram and some Facebook and some Twitter. Not finding Twitter that helpful, though, to be honest. It's more business to business. Um, but the biggest um, social media opportunity we think is Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And that's it's fun, it's flexible, people can do it whenever, and you don't have to say anything. You literally just put a pin. You don't have to be witty or clever. <laughs> <laughs> You're just um, pinning things that you find interesting or beautiful, and that is a great way to funnel people to our store. And I guess, again, it's letting the products speak for themselves, isn't it, to some extent? Beautiful imagery, beautiful quality, and it does, in, does encourage browsing, and it might not just be – they might, again – as with the Facebook shop, they may not buy straight away, but they may. And that's lovely. And it's just another place then to explore the product and explore the styles and so yes. forth. And it's fun. It's not, it's not a massive sell, Pinterest. You know, you could literally just click and pin and that's, that's fun. So with your social media, given your business is so seasonal, mm-hmm. do you run that throughout the year or do you kind of mothball it in February and wake it up again in <laughs> September? Uh, we tend to be more of a commentator in the um, summer months and we tend to like a few other people and follow them and interact. Um, and then come the winter, we tend to be more direct. I like that. We we have a season for social media. And in this season, we are chatty. And in this season, we're going to tell you to buy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like that because I, I, I'm glad you said you continue with it over the uh, over the summer period, because I think you do have, you know, however seasonal your business is, you have to have something you can keep putting out there in those key, you know, the, the non-sales time to oh, keep course. people interested. Yeah. Exactly. So on the 1st of August, we posted on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook a picture of a lovely snowy mountain in the sunshine and said, first of August, we're getting nearer to the ski season. Because for us, we're all about the winter. I know everyone <laughs> enjoys the summer, but we're all about the winter here. So, you know, every month that passes, we're coming back towards winter and we're on a race to get everything ready for our lovely customers. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the way of... I always, I always think seasonal businesses are quite fun because you've got... You, if you if you're disciplined about it and you get organised, you can have those different seasons within the office, as it were. You know, you've got right this quarter we're working on this, this quarter working on this, the the winter quarter we're just selling. Yeah, and it does work out like that. So um, after the season end, which t- ties in nicely with our financial year end, it's all about accounts for April, yay! <laughs> and then May and June tend to be about planning. Not planning our buying because we've already done that. It's planning what are we doing with the store. Every year we try and do one or two changes to the store, whether it's background admin kind of things or forward-facing changes. We don't want to change the world quickly or our store so that we feel uncomfortable. We'd like to make small incremental changes, but that will lead to a benefit. And so every year we're trying to do that. And I suppose that's the that's the nice thing about it being se- the seasonality means you get to just go... Oh, we're going to review properly. We've got the time and space and brain energy to do it. Yeah, and we can try something out. At the moment, we're trying out um, 
cross-selling and upselling, which we're sort of doing in the background, deciding which app we like the best on Shopify, because there are various mm-hmm. apps that one can purchase for that. And so we're testing a few to try and make a decision about which one we're going to go for. And and yeah, we're making reviews. And of course, our reviews can be good because we can literally do something. And if we don't like it, we don't have to go. It's not live. We're not annoying customers by playing around with it while it's up and running in the busy time. That's really, really cool. I, I love that that insight. Um, and then the, the last thing I just wanted to ask you about before we move on is um, you've had some really great PR. Is PR a big strategy for you? It is, but the PR that's most nicely happened to us has been the PR that's occurred through networking and linking up. I'm all about trying to get at, get your message out there, but there's a way of it being honest. And if co- companies have come to me genuinely, honestly, or individuals have come to me genuinely, honestly, that they like the product and they're interested, it's felt really holistic and lovely and it's not been pushed down people's necks. We haven't sold people to wear something. We've been approached by celebrities. We've been approached by stylists. Um, but that's because they found us. We haven't gone to them, but it's been lovely when it's happened. And then we've worked at the relationship subsequently. Um, but, we, you know, we were found by Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the luxury hotel chain, and that led to other hotel chains and luxury chalet companies coming to us. That's been really flattering because they've seen that we've got something that's unique and that they're not going to find everywhere, and that's what their customers are also looking for. We've tried to keep that on brand, but it, and it's something that we really like to do, but we haven't been as pushy or as go-getting as we probably should be, but when it's really happened, it's been great. I think it's it's worth if you've got the right product and you're there and ready and willing, then the right people will come to you. Yeah, I would say in your, in a niche like yours, but yeah, you, there's certainly some things you could do to to keep it keep pushing it a little a little bit more without. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are, and we need to go and put our heads together and and think about that so well, that we face the winter ready to go. Well, back in the summer, to give you a, a heads up, we um, we had a podcast guest uh, called Janet Murray, who's a PR aficionado. Um, so I'd, I'd take a listen to that one okay. for some tips. And everyone listening, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can, you can go and have a listen as well. Um, but now it's time for the top tips round. And I really like this section because it gives us all some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Tamsin, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you like to recommend? I would recommend a really heavy duty, I'm not selling it well, <laughs> investment banking book called wow. The Zulu Principle by Jim Slater. The reason I recommend this book is not because it's a barrel of laughs. It's actually very heavy duty. And really, I think for e-commerce businesses, especially if you're small or niche like me, it's the first few chapters that are the most benefit. What it's doing is making you aware of what shareholders are looking for in a business. So why would someone invest in your company? Now, you might think, but I'm too small to be invested in. Yes, but you're investing in your business. So if you think about your business as if you were a shareholder and what you're trying to return to your customers or your shareholders, it just makes you really businesslike. 
What an excellent rec- recommendation. Not one I've come across and one I'm definitely going to be checking out. It's it's heavy duty. And yep, some of it is going to be way over everyone's heads because I can assure you it's a lot over my head. But there's a, there's a good um, set of definitions in there and you can always Google things as well. But it, it just makes you realise what else there is to the business. It's not about sales. It's not just about increasing, increasing turnover. It's about your operating profit. It's about your other costs. It's about how you do your accounting and what other companies do about their accounting and things like that. So, yes, it's it's, it's an interesting read, but I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, the traffic top tip next then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, I think... Keyword marketing is great, but I think also the brainstorming of almost like your mission statement is very helpful for generating your traffic. So for us, when we first started, it was designer skiwear. That generated a lot of traffic for us, getting those keywords relevant to our business. But secondly, I would think traffic generation for our business, because it's um, a looks-based business, has been Pinterest. Excellent. Then the tool top tip next, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? There is a tool and it's called Xero. And it's a little app that runs between Shopify and our accountants. And our accountants use this um, accountancy package called Xero. And there is a neat little app that runs in between that and Shopify. And so it it takes in all the sales data. So and then it reconciles with your bank and it just makes the accounting very slick. And you can get a quick snapshot of where your business is at any one time. Which is particularly important when you're deep in the middle of the big sales peak, isn't it? Sure, absolutely. And, And I think, you know, you do want to always have an eye on the bottom line. You need to know how you're doing. And it can be great or else it can make you think, oh, no, I've got to work even harder. My accounting package is uh, is quite similar to Zero, but it's another one called Free Agent. And every Monday they send you out an email called the Monday Motivator, which has in big green letters the money that people haven't paid you and in big red letters the money that people that you owe and there's some days due to the nature of my business where nobody owes me anything and I owe loads of people loads of money. And it's like, this is not a motivational email. <laughs> You're not on Monday. <laughs> yeah, this is not good, free agent. I'd rather not have had it. Give me the ones where loads of people owe me money. Um, I'd much rather see those. Um, okay, so next and, and last of our top tips is the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? I would say my first tip for them would be, I, it would be a question. Ask yourself, are you passionate about that business, the product or the business? Because if you're not, you are simply not going to do the hours that it takes to get it going. Because it's, it, it's hard work setting up an e-commerce business. Often you'll be working on your own at the beginning. Or if you're working with a team, you've got to be the motivator and the driver you've got it's got to be something you are passionate about oh i couldn't have put that better myself um master plan world you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 79 um tamsin before we say goodbye would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media please 
please look for us at winternational.co.uk. But if you search Winternational, we'll come up. And we're on Facebook and we're on Pinterest. We're on Twitter. We're on quite a lot of social media. You can find us. Excellent. Well, I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, again, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 79, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Tamsin, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for being so generous telling us all about your business. Thanks, Chloe. And thanks everyone for listening. I'm really excited today to be able to let you know that we have now created a Facebook group for all of you. It's called Ecommerce Masterplan World and you can find it either by searching on Facebook for that Ecommerce Masterplan World or by going to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. It would be great to see you all there and I hope that over the coming months it will evolve into a really useful part of your e-commerce support network and of course help you get more customers to your website. If you want to fast track that process right now, then you need to get a copy of my latest book. It's called Customer Persuasion. And right now you can get the first two chapters totally for free at customerpersuasion.co.uk. So head right over there to get started on getting more customers straight away. If you want a copy um, of the whole book rather than just those first two chapters, then head over to to that website as well. So customerpersuasion.co.uk and you'll find all the details of how to get hold of the audio book, the ebook or the paperback. Now make sure you tune in next time to hear my take on what you should be reading this Christmas and this year the theme of the book selection is efficiency and there's some great ones in there. So for now though have a great week everybody and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.